Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go. Put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Welcome to my Liberty in Peril special. And understand something before we go down the list, before we talk to our amazing guests tonight, we do have a Liberty question going on in the country. I just wanna, I just wanna make sure you're aware of that. You've heard of the Bill of Rights. It's kind of important. It's kind of our founding document. I don't know if you know, but right there in the first one, it's not even like buried down in the fifth or sixth one. Right there in the first one, talking about, you know, freedom to peacefully assemble, things like that, religion such. We are arresting pastors for having church in the United States of America. Before I get to any of this other stuff with the protests and, the, and these hypocritical politicians and all this other, understand that. We are arresting pastors for having church in the United States of America. That's what we're doing. We took a virus and we looked at how China was handling the virus, because it's theirs, it came from China, and we did what China did? 
Doesn't that wear you out a little when you take a step back and think about that? With the exception of actually physically welding people into their homes, we did what China did. Everyone go home and stay there. You'll be arrested if we see you out and about. Nope, no church. Does that, does that seem right to you? Does the United States of America, do we copy communist dictatorships? Or do we try to be the beacon of freedom for the rest of the world? Do we do things differently here? Or do we look at a place like China and think, you know, I think they clearly have it all figured out. That's the route we need to go. I think you already know the answer. We're America. Remember, even if you're all pro-shutdown and all this other stuff, we do things differently here. At least we used to. Well, some people are upset. Mainly the people of Michigan, they appear to have had enough. We now have protesters in the state capital of Michigan. Take a look at this. And remember, as you take a look at this video, I warned you. I warned you. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately on this. I didn't warn you yesterday. I didn't warn you last week. I warned you from the second they locked down this country. What did I tell you? I told you, I told you you're playing with fire. There is a storm brewing in the United States of America. There is. And what, it ha what has happened so far? First, it was people just chirping a little bit. And then you saw it was a couple beachgoers out there. Well, you can't keep me off the beach. I'm going to go paddleboard. And, of course, they arrested him, too. Then there were more beach protesters getting arrested. Then Michigan gets in on the action, and they start doing a line of cars out in front of the Capitol, honking their horns. Hey, we're social distancing, just letting you know we're upset. And that didn't work either. And so now what they do? They gathered up in front of the Capitol. We're upset! And then people started arming themselves. And now they're inside of the state. You see the progression here? Does this, does this end well in your mind, the way we're progressing as, as upset as I get about politics and as emphatic as I am about everything, understand this and understand it really well. The last thing I want, the last thing you should want is anybody, anyone to get hurt. We are on a path where someone ends up getting hurt. Some idiot in the crowd, one nutball somewhere, who knows? We are on a path to somebody getting hurt. It's time for these politicians to wake up and realize you cannot lock everyone away. I don't care what the poll numbers say. I don't care. Well, my, my newest poll number said 60% of Americans are actually supportive. We do not live in a democracy. Benjamin Franklin famously said a democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner. We specifically do not have a democracy because they didn't want one at all. We live in a representative republic so the minority doesn't get trampled by the majority. You might not be out of work, but 30 million people are and they're starving, and they're pointing at the government, rightfully so, and saying, you did this. And the government is taking away rights. Rights they don't have the right to take away. The governor of Michigan, though, Whitmer, she's full steam ahead, quote, while some members of the legislature may believe this crisis is over, common sense and all the scientific data tells us we're not out of the woods yet. By refusing to extend the emergency and disaster declaration, Republican lawmakers are putting their heads in the sand and putting more lives and livelihoods at risk. I'm not going to let that happen. First of all, before I move on to the second thing, I just want to point out one thing there. All of the scientific data tells us anytime anyone in either party, young, old, doesn't matter which nation they're from, anytime any person in the world tells you all the science says blank, that person is a liar, period. Obama used to do this all the time. All the experts say, well, all the scientists say. If all the scientists are saying one thing, they're not scientists anymore. Be that as it may, Michigan Rep. Lee Chatfield has a response. It was referenced the number of lives that have been taken here in the state of Michigan. And it is a tragedy. It truly is terrible. But what's not calculated in that statistic that was provided on the floor are the other lives that have been negatively impacted unnecessarily because of how we have handled this pandemic. There's been a lot of talk in this state and this country about what is essential. The lives of Michigan residents 
and ensuring people can put food on the table and our Constitution are all still as essential today as they were before COVID-19 ever came into our state and this country. I love that point he brought up. Isn't that a great point? Shouldn't that have always bothered you? I don't care which politician it is, even your favorite one, telling you essential? Well, this person's essential. Oh, no, no not, not, not that person. You're not essential. Well, no, not you either. Oh, you are. I, I, I have decided you're essential. That doesn't creep you out. That should really creep you out to have politicians in the United States of America deciding in their own benevolence who gets to be essential and who's just a nuisance. Run on home. You're not essential. All you do is cut hair. <laughs> like you have a right to earn a living. That's where we are. And the hypocrisy of these people. Uh, Illinois has these horrible lockdowns. They've now extended their lockdowns. The governor of Illinois, uh, yeah, he sent his wife and kids to Florida. This is what he had to say about it. Where's the first lady? Is she accompanied by a state security detail? Has she engaged in non-essential travel? What is your response to people who say the stay-at-home order and non-essential travel bans aren't being abided by your family? I believe there's a report from Illinois Rising Action that says that she recently traveled to Florida. Well, first of all, I want to say that in politics, it used to be that we kept our families out of it. You know, my official duties have nothing to do with my family. So I'm just not going to answer that question. It's inappropriate. And I find it reprehensible, honestly, that that uh, that reporter wrote a story about it. Methinks thou doth protest too much, Mr. Governor. And besides, you're governor of Illinois. Everybody knows that means it's more likely than not you're going to end up in federal prison anyway. You might as well just come on out with it. You can join the rest of Illinois' governors in prison. But the truth is the guy's a huge hypocrite. When you tell citizens, stay home, stay home, it's for your own good, and then you throw the wife and kids on a plane to Florida, that's a perfectly legitimate question. And oh, let's not mention the dangerous suburban mom. This dangerous suburban mom in Wisconsin, you're not going to believe what she did. Are you ready for this? Let her teenage daughter go play with a friend in America. Good thing Dudley Do-Right was all over it. Hi. I'm Deputy Everhart with the Sheriff's Department. So are you aware that we're in a stay-at-home order right now? Uh, yeah, obviously. By the government? Yes, I Wisconsin? am aware. Okay, you're aware of that? I am aware. So I don't need to explain that to you? No, you don't need to explain okay, that to I me. Okay, I can if you need me to. Go, you can you can because your officer was just here two weeks ago. Okay, do you need me to And he explained it to me that you guys weren't enforcing that order. Oh, we're about to. So okay. You understand it though? Okay, so why are you here? Because your daughter is going to play at other people's home and you're allowing it to happen. They were over here as well. So okay. are you they, here? They've been, and they've been talked to okay. about it. So no, I understand. You, okay. And so either you can acknowledge it or you can argue. I'm, a, I'm acknowledging it. Okay, stop having your kid go by other people's home. Okay, I acknowledge it. Anything good. else? Nope, that was it. Apparently there was some other. I issue acknowledged it. I, I acknowledged okay, it. Good. Anything else? Um, It's me every time. If that doesn't creep you out that that's happening in the United States of America, buddy, I don't know what to tell you. Look, I've got, I've got a laundry list here. I'm not going to belabor the point. We have Bill de Blasio walking in a public park in Brooklyn. Seriously, yeah, you guys have a Brooklyn. park. You Look live in the middle of a park. You don't need to not essentially travel to Brooklyn. Come on, you won't even open roads for people of all backgrounds. I'm not going to give it a break. Like th this is selfish behavior. This is so terribly selfish. You call yourself a progressive, but you chauffeur yourself to Brooklyn. You force people to drive you. That's who they are. Oh, just so people don't think I'm picking on others, right here in Texas, Beaumont, Texas, uh, Mayor Becky Ames, she shut down her city, right? Shut down. You better shut down. And then uh, she had the nail salon open for her. I'm not, not making that up. She actually had the nail salon open for her. I have, I have example after example. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, shut down. You all better shut down. This is for your own good. Don't you dare open your barbershop. Then she gets a haircut. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to belabor the point. 
The point is, not only are they crushing your liberty, like all politicians, like all little wannabe socialists, they don't have any intention of living under the rules they insist you live under. That's what makes it so gross. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. You know what makes me more comfortable? My immune system and knowing it's strong. That's why I take Omega XL. Omega XL is an all-natural anti-inflammatory supplement that makes sure my immune system is ready to go. You see, there isn't a cure for coronavirus. There's not a vaccine for it. And I don't know if you've heard, it's not the only virus out there. There are several others out there and there are several others coming that we've never even heard of before. What do you do? Ah, I'm so scared. You don't have to be scared. You have to get Omega XL, make sure the immune system right in here is ready to fight off whatever comes your way. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Jesse, and you'll actually get a second bottle free with your first order. OmegaXL.com slash Jesse. Stop worrying. Start doing something about it. Well, we like to bring stars on this show, more than just me, obviously. So maybe the biggest star in GOP politics right now, although I don't think he'd probably describe himself that way, a guy who's proven to be a leader and from my great state of Texas, Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL, joins me now. Dan, you have a new book out called Fortitude, American Resilience in the Era of Outrage. First of all, how did we get into this era of outrage? You have weathered a boatload of it. People love how you weather it. But how did we get here? I don't remember it being like that when I was a kid. I don't either. And um, th this book is about how to deal with that outrage. It it's not really about how we got there, because honestly, I don't know. Um, there's there's been a lot of there's a lot of good books written about how we got there, uh, whether it's college campuses, social media, the changing financial incentives in mainstream media. All of these factors have created this sort of divisive outrage culture, uh, this fragility that I think we see, uh, especially amongst people when they're, they're more inclined to have an emotional reaction than a rational one. They're more inclined to look up to somebody who's having an emotional reaction as a victim and, and say that, well, that's who I wanna be too, instead of saying, wait a second, shouldn't we be overcoming adversity? Shouldn't we be applauding people who take care of themselves? Shouldn't be that the American story that we're telling? But instead, the American story has shifted greatly. And so I see this problem. Why it exists, lots of reasons. I don't know. My book is about how to solve it. It's about how to not be that person on a personal level and a cultural level. And every lesson in this book is it, well, every chapter is a lesson. And I derive those lessons from the SEAL teams, from, from training, uh, from combat, from, from pop culture, from multidisciplinary areas like uh, psychology and philosophy and politics. And it's actually kind of a fun book to read. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. Well, I don't want you to give away the book, so I want people to just go buy Fortitude. But I want you to tell me, how did you get this way? I, obviously, I'm assuming you didn't just miraculously learn how to take this kind of flack in buds. You were this person, I'm assuming, at least a little bit before you joined the Navy? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you probably remember this from the Marine Corps. You, you're, you're a Marine or you're a SEAL before you got there. You already have the mentality. We just make you prove it. And uh, Buds is this is this terrible trial by fire, you know, near drowning experience in many cases, where we really make you prove it. And I, I go through. It's not it's not an autobiography. A lot of people probably assumed I'd write an autobiography. I'm not going to do that. I don't think my life story is that interesting. But you will learn a lot about me from the book and, and how I came to be the way I am or more importantly, how I came to understand that these are the standards that we should adhere to. I, I'm not gonna pretend that I live by my own lessons in this book perfectly, of course I don't. Uh, it, it's like, hey, just because you read the Bible doesn't mean you're, you're, you live up to the standards of Jesus, okay? That's, that's not, but, but at least you know what the standards are. And I think this, I think this book is, is, is a step in that direction. So, you know, it's, it's, it's living through experiences like I lost my mother to cancer when I was 10. And I learned from that. I had to tell myself a story about that, about overcoming that hardship uh, as opposed to wallowing in self-pity. I had to watch her 
uh, deal with that. And what I noted is she never complained. She took care of two kids while, while fighting breast cancer and knowing that she was going to die. I mean, it's just such an unbelievable amount of heroism that, that, that occurs there. And I think we should talk more about those kind of heroes like my mom and, and like you know, many others in my life that I've seen. Yeah, Dan, your life story is really boring, says the former Navy SEAL with a fake eye that has a SEAL trident on it and now is a member of Congress. Extremely boring, Dan. But setting all that stuff aside, the Liberty Deal we're doing, this is obviously a special about infringement of rights and where that starts and where that stops during a pandemic. I have been vocal in that I'm extremely uncomfortable with some of this stuff, with mayors telling citizens to report on their fellow citizens. I have so many friends in police and fire, they say they're flooded with these reports about teenagers playing basketball. And Dan, even if you think the lockdowns were a great idea, hasn't this gone way out of line? And now we're putting law enforcement in a bad spot. They have to show up at some lady's house because two kids were playing out back. I mean, it's completely out of control. I, I posted this on a, kind of my typical Sunday thoughts um, social media tweet because this has biblical origins, but laws have to be respectable if we are to respect them. Okay, so what makes a respectable law? Well, it has to be based in old truth. That's why we have the Ten Commandments as, 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 as a foundational aspect of our laws. So it's the first thing to remember as a policymaker. You know, take a civics class, first of all. The law has to be respectable, and then it it has to be it has to be well thought out. And you're pointing to a lot of examples where these are just not well thought out laws, uh, not well thought out restrictions. I've been fighting back really hard, and uh, and I think we've won that battle against here in Houston, where our, our our county judge thought that we should all wear masks and that we should be fined if we don't. Okay, it's one thing to say, hey, we strongly suggest you wear masks, especially in enclosed spaces. Okay, there's some there's some public health reasons for doing that, but don't tell me that you're going to find me. That's ridiculous. That that is no that is no that has no good judgment. There's there's no basis in in, in 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 law for that or civil, and it's an infringement on civil liberties. There's no there's no there's no reasonable um uh there's no reasonable reason why you would why you would ban um, gardening tools and and seed and seeds pur purchasing seeds in a place like Michigan, which is what they did. Too. So there's examples all over the country, and we have to take a step back and think about what the actual public health risks are going to be and how to balance those against our freedoms. And um, it, it really is time to start getting back to work in a smart way. Let the American people figure that out, okay? We're, we're well-educated by now on the tools to stop the spread of the pandemic. I know that if you and I were in the same room, I, I would probably maintain some distance from you. I wouldn't touch you. We're not going to shake hands. If we're going to be around each other oh, for a while, damn. we're doing something. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't touch you anyway. And so, so maybe it's a bad <laughs> example. But, the, but the, mm. yeah, because you're freakishly tall, people. I don't know if people realize that. You know, just, <laughs> you're very. You just tower over everybody. I don't want to. I don't want to be near you anyway. Uh, and then. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so the point is, is, people know how to stop the spread of the disease. We do know how. Okay, we, we've we've been educated over months and over months now, and uh, let us let us figure that out. And the whole point of the lockdowns was to slow the spread, so our healthcare system wasn't overwhelmed. Well, it's not overwhelmed, but the virus still doesn't have a vaccine. So, you know, don't tell people that it's just going to go away if they stay at home longer. That's that's never been true. Dan, obviously we were talking about fortitude at the beginning. And you're right, we have to get back to work. Even if you're scared to death, it's just not, you can't stay locked down, the country will be finished. But people are scared. They've been told for two months now, if you go outside, you're in grave danger, grandma's in danger, so on and so forth. For my viewers who have not been shot at several times, what advice would you give somebody who's genuinely scared? A lot of this is real fear. I'm worried about getting sick. I'm worried about my kids getting sick. I don't want grandma to die. Well, maybe my mother-in-law, but that's another story entirely. What do you give that person as far as tools to stay calm and just go out and put one foot in front of the other? Yeah, no, it's a really good point because, you know, guys like you and me do have to take a step back and say, well, we're used to taking risks. And so it's easy for us to say, you know, hey, we got to live with risk. Um, but here's here's why you're scared. You're scared because this is a new risk. You should be terrified of barreling down the highway at 80 miles an hour with a lot of other people who aren't paying attention. They're probably texting while they're driving and not paying attention when they change lanes. You should be scared <laughs> of that. And yet you're not. Why aren't you scared of that? Well, because we have a, a pretty 
a pretty well-defined system of risk mitigation when it comes to things like driving. And when it, and, and we have that same well-defined system now of risk mitigation with respect to this pandemic. If you if you are if you have these pre-existing conditions that make you susceptible to the virus, you, maybe you should stay at home. You have more reason possibly to be scared. Fair enough. Like let's let's separate that out. But if you don't understand what the risk factors are, there there very very low chance of hospitalization. There's a good chance you might not feel anything at all. Okay, so so let's just these are just facts that that we should arm ourselves with. And here's the most important thing: you have the ability to stop the spread yourself. You do. You have the tools. You have the power. If you don't want to be right up in somebody's face, you don't have to be. There really isn't many jobs out there that require you to be right up in somebody's face. Okay, you don't have to have that conference around a table. You guys can spread out. Or you can continue doing Zoom conferences, but you can still work. So I'm not saying get back to perfectly normal life, but we do have the tools to get back to a pretty new normal and not destroy our society. Dan Crenshaw, great congressman from Texas and author of the book Fortitude. I appreciate you, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, Jesse. Always good to be with you. Always good to talk to Congressman Dan Crenshaw. Keep your eyes on him. Might even be president one of these days. All right. I know you're having trouble sleeping. I see my emails. I get it. You're stressed. It's a stressful time. I can't sit here and tell you, wow, there's nothing to be stressed about. I mean, there's a pandemic out there killing thousands of Americans, 30 million people unemployed. There's plenty to be stressed about right now. However, you not sleeping is not helping anybody. And I know what you go through. You lay down, you lay down, and, you, and your mind just keeps churning. Oh, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. And it doesn't even have to just be worried, but you can't shut your mind off until now. Now we have Ebb Sleep. It's a wearable device, not drugs, a wearable device that provides continuous cooling to the area of your brain that won't shut down, keeping you stress-free, getting those thoughts out of your head, putting you to sleep, and keeping you to sleep. So when you go to tryeb.com slash jesse, that's tryebb.com slash jesse, and you use the code jesse, you actually get 25 bucks off your Ebb Sleep device. Tryeb.com slash jesse, promo code jesse. Welcome back to our Liberty in Peril special. And joining us now is Mark Garagos. He's an attorney out of Los Angeles, and he's doing something that I've been screaming I want people to do this entire time. He's actually fighting back. He's not hiding under his bed. He's not penning memos somewhere. He's actually fighting back against these ridiculous policies that are bankrupting Americans. So, Mark, look, you're the attorney. I'm just an idiot TV host. Tell people what you're actually doing. Well, we've sued successively. In fact, it feels like we're suing every single day. I've never seen anything in my almost 40-year career um, with the stripping of rights on almost a daily basis. What we've most recently done is sued on behalf of what's called a mass tort, the governor, the mayor, and, um, and a variety of public officials, because we have businesses that have been put out of business, basically, based not on science, based not on any kind of rational political policy or anything else, but just on irrational fears. And let me give you a couple of examples. One of my clients is a mobile pet groomer who has a spent a lot of money uh, for a van, which is completely self-contained. He drives to the location, you're, that's why, hence the word mobile. You, your dog can run to him from 40 yards away, which I've personally done and witnessed. You jump into the thing, he can groom the dog and it can come out. This person has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and employs somewhere between nine to 12 people and was growing at a very dramatic pace when he's put out of business. Explain that to me. I've also got clients, and this is another one that just is inexplicable to me. You've got um, a person who wants to deliver alcohol. I've got nothing, no problem with that. Uh, you know, I'm first guy to, to share a t cocktail with you whenever you want. However, I've got another client 
who's running AA meetings, socially distant, under 10 people, wearing masks, they send the police in to shut down the AA meeting. Now, mind you, you'd say that's bad enough, but let me give you another example, and this happened within the last 72 hours. There is a woman who is mentally challenged and who was homeless, you know, which generally there's a correlation. She was housed in a motel. She was tested for coronavirus. She was positive. Did they do anything to hold her there? No, she's disappeared. And we now have a known spreader of the coronavirus. When the mayor and the police chief were asked, what have you done? They threw up their hands and said nothing. The same mayor and police chief who are sending cops into legitimate taxpaying businesses to criminally charge them if they are open. So you explain to me, they claim they don't have the authority, even though there's numerous statutes for the public health and welfare to, to hold that mentally challenged or the woman who's suffering under a 5150 hold so that she won't go out and spread the coronavirus, but we're gonna go criminally charge businesses. We've got a chief justice in the state of California. She issued an edict that says, if you're in custody, they no longer have to take you in front of a judge to be heard as to whether there's probable cause within 48 hours, which by the way, was the federal standard. That's now seven days. You no longer get a preliminary hearing within the time period. They've, they've elongated that. And by the way, we've now suspended civil and criminal trials. If you were to have told me that this would happen in America based on um, a situation that we now know they were demonstrably wrong about, which is that the coronavirus was here in California well before they thought it was, which for those of us who live in California knew that was the case, and that almost half of the deaths are in nursing homes where until Friday, they still allowed communal dining. This is literally institutional insanity, and I don't understand it. I, we don't get it, but we're going to just keep suing until somebody wakes up. Mark, I, I, need, I need clarification on something. Somebody called the cops on an AA meeting, or did someone call the cops and the cops actually showed up and broke it up? Please don't tell me the police broke up an AA meeting. The police broke up an AA meeting not once, but twice, that's gonna be the next lawsuit, that'll be tomorrow. You don't have to accept my word for it, I wasn't there, but the I will tell you that they, they done it not once, but twice. And Mia St. John, who's a, um, a former heavyweight boxer, was the one who was fighting, the, fighting this, and erstwhile client of mine who's gonna be a client again as we fight this. It's, mind you, what's so crazy about this is alcohol delivery is an essential service, the World Health Organization has said that alcohol consumption, which can increase your blood pressure or can reduce your risk aversion, um, uh, is a threat under these circumstances. But Alcoholics Anonymous, which presumably is to help people and give them support, um, that is something that we've outlawed as non-essential. There is, there's no rhyme or reason. We're, they're making it up as they go along. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who just are willing to accept it and sit back. I've never seen anything quite like this. I, I know I keep repeating that, but it's amazing to me that in America, people just accept this and say, well, it's okay. No, it is, and it's it's extremely been It's been very disappointing for me, and I'm thrilled people like you are fighting back on it. Now, I'm going to ask you a really dumb question, but you're an attorney, and I went to community college, so I'm going to ask it anyway. I want you to explain exactly what a mass tort means, because it sounds like a dessert item at a German store. <laughs> a mass tort is generally when you've got, I've got a whole bunch of different clients. Um, and mind you, I'm not going out and, soliciting these people. These are people who heard about the first lawsuits. Mind you, Travelers Insurance is one of my favorite. I sue them and then in front of their earnings call, they sue me back. Oh, really? I'm a, uh, thank you for, be careful for what you wish for. Um, the, so people have come in, but they have different damages. They, you know, my mobile pet groomers got different damages than my restaurant in East LA. My person who is shut is a victim in the AA meetings. You know, she may not have damages, but it just boils my blood. And so I've decided we're going to pursue that thing. So when you have uh, some kind of a, a civil edict, which is what these orders are, 
you can't file necessarily a class action and by the way the class actions have been whittled away over the years so what you do is you file an action but you call it a mass tort because each of these individual people have different situations so it's not susceptible or it's not something that you can do in the in the um, kind of under the rubric of a class what's the politics like of LA now now I understand politics is going to be left in LA that's just the nature of the beast but what is the political situation as far as the mayor's doing all these things that I would assume are unpopular he's wiping out an economy which I'm assuming is unpopular however he's still a politician meaning he wants to keep power merge those worlds for me is this guy just safe as can be how does this work now he ran for re-election a couple of years ago and one of the things he slipped in at that uh, during his election which we had a historically low turnout in the city of LA was an amendment to the city charter that allowed his term his second term to be expanded from four years to five and a half years so he's got an extra year and a half that he's tacked on that we have to endure of him he also has um, instituted all of these crazy um, uh, nonsensical things and he knows that he can't be voted out of office because he can't run for the third term but he just stated within the last 10 days that because of what he has done he's now going to have to lay off tens of thousands of city workers so be careful what you wish for we tilt left but I will tell you the response other than a couple of crazies on the far side of the spectrum has been overwhelming. I mean, I've got I've got two people basically doing nothing but triage from people who've been calling me. I just got off the phone with a woman who runs a, a local flea market that has over 3,000 vendors who are all desperate to uh, try to get something done. I asked her a simple question. I said, you know, they've outlawed you, which is an outdoor flea market. I said, is the outdoor flea market any more crowded than when you go to Costco? And she laughed and said, of course not. It doesn't even come close. We allow those kinds of situations um, to, to, to be prevalent. Um, but once again, there's, there, there's a million different situations like this. The big banks, they put all of the large publicly traded corporations at the top of the queue. They call it the queue, which is the line for giving them payroll protection. Only when people were um, exposed did they have to give the money back. And all of these mom and pop operations, and I call mom and pop um, anything that's less than 100 employees who basically are the majority of job creators in America, they have to fight the banks. If you don't have a banking relationship, you're, you're SOL, and that does not stand for the statute of limitations. But this whole thing has been a revelation to, to, I think, a lot of people as to just how corrupt the system really is. It's astonishing to me. Insurance companies are not paying. The banks are doing what they usually do, save the little small community banks who have to deal with these people on a day-in, day-out basis. And these politicians have taken this as an opportunity to basically, basically suspend any kind of uh, semblance of constitutional rights. I, I literally, I think we're going to look back on this as tantamount to some of the most dark days in American history of a panic in, in, in terms of stripping constitutional rights. Totally agree. Mark Garagos, thank you for giving us some time tonight, sir. Thank you. See you. I like people who take the fight back to him. Good for him. All right. Hang on. Joining me now is the world-famous host of the Buck Sexton Show, which you can watch right here on the first, and his much better-looking roommate, Buck. What exactly is that thing in your lap? So I decided to go full Bond villain today, but instead of a fat <laughs> white cat in my lap, I have a rotund, a pleasantly plump French bulldog <laughs> named Tallulah, who belongs to my parents. <laughs> And she will be along for the interview today. 
Well, well, if you're going to go Bond villain, don't you have to do that weird, creepy, like, finger thing where you're just barely... Pe- <laughs> All right. All right, let's focus. Buck, this is our Liberty in Peril special, as you well know, and I feel like that argument hasn't been made by any of the national politicians, and I mean Republicans or Democrats. You're starting to hear, by the grace of God, some Republicans talk about the economy. Well, we got to get the economy going again. We do have to do some economy things. Well, we got to get the economy going again. Buck, where are the people saying, um, even if you think a pastor shouldn't be having church, you, you can't arrest him for having church? That's like the First Amendment. Well, you know, because the numbers uh, are what they are right now in terms of what the models were, I think we're finally at an evolution in the conversation where we can start to talk about individuals being able to make choices again and choices about their risk. I keep saying to everybody, look, if you want to stay home, I'm not telling you, and, and no one should be telling you, you can't stay home. If you think you're at higher risk from this, if you don't want to open your business, if you don't want to go to the store, that's all fine. That's freedom. But freedom is also my ability to go out and live aspects of my life that have been taken from me by the state with an increasingly shaky justification. And I feel like now we're, we're seeing with the reopening that there are some forces that just object to that very basic, uh, that, that very basic bargain that we have with the state that you know, there are some things that they can't actually just do. They can't just tell you this is how it's going to be because we say so. Uh, so the pushback has started, which is good. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, more places will include religious services as essential, for example, that this will all change. Buck, I've been disappointed. I, I Again, I don't like saying this because I feel like I, I'm the father, disappointed in my pupils, but I have genuinely been disappointed in the percentage of Americans who have been actually okay, in fact, cheering on the government, saying, yes, daddy, government, take take care of me, but be that setting that aside, do you think that they've just totally lost what it means to be free or were they, were they scared we should cut them some slack and they're going to wake up you know, tomorrow or next week and be like, whoa, okay, I made a mistake here. Where, what is the mindset of America in general? Well, I think that we've, we've given into a, a panic, uh, and I think that much is, is clear at this point, and the panic is, is, is rooted in a couple of things. Look, the, the, the virus, and we always have to repeat this in case you know, media matters or something is watching and they want to take this out of context, the virus is bad. It's about five times worse from a fatality perspective than the flu season typically is. That's not every flu season, but it's about 5x worse than your standard flu season. So the virus is bad. Okay, fine. Now we also look at what have we been told? What have we been told by the experts? What have we, what have we been told by the political class? And we were looking at a virus that was going to kill over a million people at one point. In fact, two million was the upper range of the estimate. And so, of course, when people are hearing that, they're going to say, anything you tell me to do, I'll do, right? So there was this giving in to, we have, we were led to believe by the numbers, Jesse, that we had no choice as a nation. And I'm in New York, so we've been hit worse than anybody else, but I mean the whole country. We were led to believe there was no choice. And now that we've done what they told us to do, we can already see that there was a choice, there were many choices that could have been made along the way that would have also protected lives and the economy. And going forward, we should take into account who was wrong up to this point and how much power we really think that they should have over our lives. I think the American people handed this over because we effectively had the policy community put a gun to our heads. And now we find out that they were lying about the gun. That's That's an issue, or at least they were overstating the gun and the caliber that it had. Well, yeah, but I mean, Buck, if I can push back on you a little bit on that, you're, I mean, that was all right, but it wasn't what the American people were doing. It's what the American people still are doing. This wasn't a month ago. This, we have poll after poll after poll. From, I'm staring at them from, from yesterday, from three days ago. From, we have uh, endless polls still showing the American people were scared. They want to stay locked down. Now, not all of them. Obviously, we have these protests rising, and, and we're, we're cheering those people on. But right now, Buck, as you and I are talking, the American people are still all, no, I'm too scared. I'm not coming out when we don't have those two million, and we're not even going to flirt with it. Well, then this this is the problem. And you're right. What, what I'm referring to is how 
how the you know the initial perception was molded in a certain way and what yeah. we react to now is that that's not changing even though the facts and the reality have changed and we've seen more about this so how do we get more people to understand the best way is to start having i mean you, you you'll notice that, that there's really only two options here lockdown indefinitely which will absolutely destroy the destroy the economy and really destroy american society and people you know the the experts will even say that or you can start to have more reopenings and a greater degree of normalcy not normalcy with the additional risk that that entails there will be additional risk to this and some epidemiologists today i mean cnn had a piece that was quoting a, a, a epidemiologist at University of Minnesota saying that this doesn't end until we get to 60 to 70% infection rate. That's called herd immunity, folks. That's, that's not what we were told we were doing. We were not told that we we're flattening the curve so that we get slowly to herd immunity. We were told it was to maintain uh, facilities, uh, hospital facilities and, and not make them overwhelmed. So we're, we're changing the goalposts, we're moving the goalposts as we go through this. I don't know what it's going to take for people to, to wake up, Jesse, because I think the problem is the the economy is uh, there's like a, a time delay fuse on the economic pain for a lot of people, not for everybody. Some people are suffering right now, but they don't necessarily see that the company that they believe they'll be able to go back to will be gone forever in a month, in a few weeks, maybe it'll be gone. That's what people haven't yet understood. Yeah, but I guess that's my separation with these politicians, Buck, is, and pundits. Let's be honest. It's been most of, most of the pundits on the right as well. I mean, obviously, you're one of the grateful exceptions here. Um, there are 30 million people unemployed right now. And I have to be honest. Now, everybody knows I'm right almost all the time. That's why we call the show that. But this is one thing I was wrong about. I said in the beginning I knew all, these, all this economic damage was coming. But I said, once we hit 30 million people unemployed, the country's going to wake up and be all, whoa, this was a mistake. Buck, that has not happened. We have 30 million people officially unemployed, and the country's still all, you know, I think I'll stay home another week. Right. Well, well the government has, has made decisions that have, have led a lot of people to believe that there is, first of all, not everyone is suffering equally, as we know, right? And I think that there's a, there are a large number of people who have both uh, income still, and it, more importantly than income, have savings, Right, so if you could live without a job at your current rate of spending for, let's just say, a year or two, never mind the people that could live a few lifetimes without ever working at this with what they already have, you feel like, oh, come on, people can wait this out. It changes your whole mentality. If your life's work, if your business, and I know you've been shouting from the rooftops about this, if it's evaporating in front of you and, and being taken from you every day, you feel very differently about this. So I mean, I think you know your, your point that we've gotten to this uh, economic pain and it hasn't changed the perception is correct. But remember, the government is paying people, and there also is a thought that the government will be able to, when it decides, and I think people have internalized this, just get everything going again. And I want to believe that. I do. I want to believe that that's true. I don't believe that that's true. And I think the longer we do this, the more painful and the slower the climb back out becomes. And that's what people haven't recognized yet. I think that's why you're asking, why isn't everyone saying let's start opening up again? I mean, I'm here in New York and I'm, I know all the numbers. I talk to doctors and all the hospitals here and I'm saying, yes, if, if, if we open businesses again, I will, because I'm in a lower risk, not no risk, but lower risk category based on age. I'll go back into an office. I'll, I'll go out and shop and go to stores. I will do those things and I should be able to we need more people to switch who are low risk. I'm not talking about senior citizens. They have to be protected. That's different. But who are low risk, we've got to get out there and start doing things again, man. And Jesse, I'm with I'm frustrated. I'm very frustrated about the whole situation. Me too. He's frustrated. So am I. Buck Sexton of the famous Buck Sexton Show. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Always good to see you. And that's a wrap on our Liberty in Peril special. I know you enjoyed it. I'll do it again. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. I, these stories from people 
who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse.